Welcome into the Card Chronicle podcast. And folks. <laughs> it's the sad March Madness theme song playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. Oh. We promised we'd give you a podcast tonight, whether Louisville was in the NCAA tournament or not. Uh, we, we made that promise thinking that Louisville was probably going to be in the NCAA tournament. And as we just found out, we're recording this at 7.30 p.m. on Selection Sunday. Louisville, first team out of the NCAA tournament. We'll keep this short, but I, I know that you and I have – and look, a lot of people are going to say, we told you this was possible. We, we you know we've, I've been saying this for weeks. You can check the tapes. Like This podcast, going back two or three weeks – we hinted at this being a possibility. We definitely talked about it going into that last big week of the regular season um, when we thought we were going to get to play Virginia Tech, and that didn't wind up happening. This always, especially when you lose early in your conference tournament and you've got a little bit of a thin resume, this always felt like a possibility. And I know you and I have both said, nobody to blame but ourselves, can't be too upset if it happens, all that bullshit. When it, when it actually happened, though, this is a deep cut. Like I, I didn't expect to be this upset about it, but here we are, Dan. Pure devastation. There's really no other words I can say right now. I'm completely gutted. It just takes all the fun out of what's supposed to be the most exciting time of the year. Like my excitement level for the rest of March Madness has gone down to, unfortunately, like, I mean, can I say a zero? It's like a 0.5. Like I, I I should be excited. It's just it's so hard when when your team's not selected into the the circumstances which had happened where you know where apparently the last team left out we got Mitch Barnhart you know coming on TV it's just pure devastation there's there's really no other word to describe it I'm I'm heartbroken I, I hate it for especially I mean we can we can kind of pinpoint who we're mad at and stuff but someone like Carly Jones I'm I'm really disappointed for. The Barnhart coming on TV thing. Oh, that, that set me over. An all-time low. I mean, that was just – and maybe he had nothing to do with this. Maybe he, you know, vouched for Louisville secretly or wasn't involved in the actual, uh, you know, putting of Louisville at the 68th spot this time uh, 24 hours ago. But just seeing him there and seeing him not have a good explanation for the question of, you know, why did Louisville get left out, it was an all-time just – oh. Like stick a knife in you moment. It's it's getting dumped by like a, a a wife, and then seeing the guy who slept with your girlfriend ten years earlier like walk past, like put his arm around you, like that at that very moment, you just there's nothing he could possibly have said that would have made me any less irate. But I mean, this entire day, I don't know about you, and and I I did a poll this morning asking Louisville fans how they felt, and it was about like I think 25% said they thought Louisville was going to be out of the field. Uh, around 41% said they thought they'd be in the first four. And then uh, between those two, I think closer to the being left out number, safely in, wouldn't have to play in the, in the playing game. Um, I, I was of that mind. Like, I, I thought Louisville would think that Jeffrey Bracketology, known to man, definitely didn't help things. I mean, everybody had seemed like safely in. I'd say 85% of the brackets out there we're in, and it does create a false sense of security. And about halfway through the bracket, that was like when the first two came out, that was my oh fuck moment. When I saw which, where Wichita State was, 
I started to get pretty concerned. I don't know when you started panicking. Yeah, that exact moment. Then they had, I think, Carolina as an eight or nine seed. And I was like, well, that's not good. Um, and then you just saw the ACC seeds just coming in lower and lower. Um, and I, I, you know, every time I was like, well, we got we got three chances left here. And I, I was thinking of the teams. And I even I even told my wife, I was like, I, I was like, UCLA's left, Michigan State's left, we're left. Yeah. I was like, out of those, I don't feel good about this at all. And sure enough, that popped up UCLA, Michigan State. So it kept me like I kept getting false security sense after false security sense, though, because I saw the same thing you did. I knew it was that there were two spots left for us, Michigan State and UCLA and Michigan State. Everybody like it was a kind of a surprise that they were even in the first four because most people had them in the main draw. And then when I clicked on, I, I think Andy Katz or somebody tweeted the exact same thing. And when I clicked on all the clicked on all the responses, everybody was like, it's got to be UCLA, got to be UCLA, got to be UCLA. So like it, I, I heard what I wanted to hear. And I'm like, it's going to be us versus Michigan State. The prophecy from two podcasts ago is going to come true. Like this is going to end up being perfect. And then it wasn't. And, and you're just kind of crushed. But man, like, like I've started looking, I, I've done what you should never do in these types of situations. I started playing the what if game. Obviously I'm thinking about, I fell asleep in the middle of Colorado state or Colorado, Oregon state last night, which wound up being a two point win for Oregon state. If that game doesn't happen, Louisville's in the field right now. You start looking at like Drake was the last at large team in you're you're thinking about, man, they won a game at the buzzer near the end of the regular season. They barely won their semifinal game in the Missouri Valley, Uh, Wichita state, who was the second to last team in, they like we're down nine with a minute and a half to go to South Florida. All fucking Brian Gregory's got to do is finish <laughs> goddamn game. And, and now, like, like, I mean, even they had like three chances still to win late, and they they fucked up every single one. And, and I it just I can't stop thinking about all that stuff. Um, the, the Syracuse stuff about not getting to play them uh, either time. Um, and Syracuse is the one I don't want to do the whole because in, in the broad picture, and I'm sure three days from now it'll be easier to talk about this. Like Louisville's resume was not good. They did not do enough. They had plenty of chances. But the thing that got me upset was when, when people started posting their resume compared with Syracuse, who got in without even having to go to the first four, which is a little bit of a surprise. But I think it was um, that B predict count, which said Louisville versus Syracuse is a real direct comparison, and it's hard to justify Syracuse. And our guy Yuval Hothot said Syracuse's only quad one win was at number 73 NC State. Louisville's quad one win was at number 49 Duke. Syracuse was seven and eight overall in their quad one, quad two games. Louisville seven and six overall in their quad one, quad two games. So, I mean, that's that's the one thing that kind of sticks in my crawl. But I, I don't know. If it, I think you're probably going to feel the same way. I think when we look back at this, we're going to be mostly mad at ourselves for the way everything ended up playing out. Yeah, I, I've gotten older. I, you know, I'm 35 now. I think if I was in my <laughs> mid-20s, I would be throwing stuff around, blaming every other team that got in over us and wanting to drive up to Joe Lenardi's bunker and blow it up. Um, but you're exactly right. There is no one to blame but ourselves. Our lasting image could not have looked worse. Like, I know they look at resumes, obviously, and they they used to do, like, last 10 games and stuff, and I, they don't do that anymore for the committee, but... There's just no way we could have left any good taste in, in the mouths of the committee after um, that last game. It was just so piss poor. 
so we really have no one to blame ourselves. I'm really disappointed. Um, and I mean, I'm just disappointed how, how the season ended. We had enough talent to, I'm not saying we should have, you know, made the sweet 16 elite eight final four, but we had enough talent to make the tournament. And, and, that's an, unfortunately an indictment on the coach. Um, so he's going to have some questions to answer for sure. Yeah, well, we're, I'm going to get to Mac here in a little bit. I think we've tackled the primary issue, which is just the the initial disappointment for how everything played out today. The secondary issue that we get to now, Louisville, number 69 team, according to the committee. Not nice. Not, not, not nice this time. I said it softly, sorry. Yeah. So they are AKA the first replacement team. And what that exactly means is if a at large team or a team who's the automatic qualifier from a conference that had multiple bids has to withdraw at some point from the tournament between now and when the first game tips off on Thursday, Louisville will take their place and they won't take their place as like they'll slide into the first four or they'll be, they'll be an 11 seed. They will take that team's place. So if Gonzaga pulls out of the tournament tomorrow, Louisville is the number one seed in the West. It is a batshit crazy situation, but that's the way it is. The only way a team could withdraw and Louisville wouldn't take their place would be if it's a uh, automatic qualifier, a conference tournament winner from a, uh, one of the small leagues that only had one team make it. So if if um, Drexel has to pull out, Louisville cannot take Drexel's place. The Colonial Athletic Association will just send another team from their conference to replace Drexel. So... That's so do we have we have 37 opportunities really is that what you're saying 37 plus a few others like okay term, like, like illinois is from the big 10 they're an automatic qualifier but if they went out the big 10 wouldn't get to take another team from their conference the gotcha. takes place um so that's that, that's the layout now before we go any farther let's just the official stance of this podcast is we are not air quotes cheering for covid a lot of people out there are saying, you know, I'm, I'm cheering for COVID. I'm sure we are not cheering for COVID. That would be very immature. It'd be very silly. It'd be, you know, this is just a game. You know, this is a still a pandemic. These are kids. You know, we're not cheering for even contract tracing issues where you know, one of these teams throws a party and gets caught and they have to, to leave. We're, we're not absolutely not cheering for that. Having said that, if a team did have to withdraw and Louisville was able to take its place at some point between now and tip off on Thursday, would it make me immeasurably happy? Yes. Would I, would my instant reaction be to just jump up and down and celebrate and yell, fuck yeah? Yes, it probably would. (laughs) But I'm not cheering for COVID. This podcast is not cheering for COVID. I, I cannot make it any more clear than I already have. We're not cheering for COVID. But if a team has to withdraw because of COVID-related issues, it would be awesome. It would be it, it would be great. Yeah, I'm not cheering for COVID either. However, if for some reason you are part of the Louisville fan base and you find yourself not feeling well and you might have a week of nothing to do, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just drive around to a couple campuses around around the country and just stop in and check out the scenery. And just see what's going on there. Um, none of us are, are that far from Indianapolis. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad drive this time of year. It's not. <laughs> the teams are going to be flying. It's 65. There's so much to see. You, you, there's that you know antique shop with the 5,000-yard statues that's right there on the left when you're going up. That, that alone is worth a two-hour drive. Uh, 
for no particular reason. I'm just, what do we really know about what's happening with Kansas is my other, I mean, are, are they fully okay? Because it doesn't sound like it. They had two kids who couldn't even play in the Big 12 tournament and then they had to withdraw. So, you know. How, how did we get here? Like, how did we get here? What is What are we doing? Like, this is, it's happening. I, I, what am I cheering for? Like, I, I just, I, I'm so, I'm disappointed. I'm befuddled. I, I like, I, I have the emotion just sucked out of me yet. It's like, actually, we're going to string you along just a little bit further. And you're going to have to check the health status of every team every single day until tip off. It's so true. It's like we, you know, the last, <laughs> the last four days weren't dick through a cheese grater painful enough. Like let's just yeah. go ahead and make you maintain a semblance of hope here. I, I mean, the only thing that would be more Louisville than being the first team left out of the COVID tournament would be to get in as like the one seed somewhere and, and just get our shit kicked in. <laughs> oh God. Oh like, yeah. Or, State. I don't remember the 16. Like Hartford just beats the Mount St. Mary's just busts us right in the ass. I mean, that would be the only that, that would be the only thing that would make online Louisville Twitter or Louisville social media more mad at Chris Mack than they are right now. Uh, and, and so I guess we can talk about that because it feels like because Wednesday night was the ugliest night for Louisville fans with their relationship and their with their head coach and really the whole like athletic department because it's extending into everything right now. Uh, but that was the ugliest night that I've seen until tonight. It was like all the feelings and all the emotions that kind of got pushed back down beneath the surface once we got a little distance between ourselves and the Duke game just came back up with a vengeance tonight. And everything that people were upset about on Wednesday night, they're upset about twofold tonight. And it's, it, I understand. I, I fully understand. I'm extremely upset right now. Not just because this is a team that I think should have done enough to get into the NCAA tournament, regardless of, of all the circumstances, but also because like, we all kind of know what's coming. Like, there's at least one postseason ban coming. A lot of people think it's going to be two postseason bans coming. We have limited opportunities to really enjoy this thing that means so much to us, that we love so much. And so this is a this winds up being a wasted opportunity. And I mean, who knows how next March is going to look? Who knows how March 2023 is going to look? We we just, there's still so much uncertainty. The only thing we were certain of is that we were eligible for this year's tournament and we could have had fun this year. And now that's not going to happen. I, I think that that's part of the gut punch that's come with all this. Yeah, it's obviously in the back of everyone's mind. Um, and I, the fact that we had to wait two years for this only to be the last team not included just doubles the pain um and it, it it just fuels the anger towards chris mack that was already there um i, I just i'm a, i'm a little worried do i think i mean we need to get rid of him in the off season no obviously i i mean some people i think i shouldn't say obviously because some people feel that way and to be honest i can't really fight you because he hasn't shown us a whole lot so far um i am nervous that we're getting content with mediocrity and the program is slipping from a top tier program almost to mediocrity and it's almost like it's being accepted and it shouldn't be acceptable i know we have a cloud hanging over our head things have been difficult but i think our program is of the stature that we should be able to overcome that stuff and for this year to happen with the talent that we had it's unacceptable, and there's definitely, I mean, 
he's not going to have any wiggle room next year um, going into the season. So, you know, I, I don't really have much else to say. He's just got to start producing results. I think I'd be more because I, I'm pretty upset. I, I think I would be even more upset if they had really competed against Duke on Wednesday, played a really good game, like lost in the closing seconds, like a hard fought two point game where you just tip your cap and say Duke was better and everybody was crushed. But because they came out and just looked so apathetic for so long and really kind of had the same feel in the Virginia game for stretches um, on the Saturday before, I mean, you knew what was at stake. You knew that at the very least it was going, you were going to have some nervous hours on Selection Sunday if you didn't win either of those games. And not only did you not win either, you got beat by double digits both times and really didn't look like you fully valued the, 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 the you know, gravity of the situation. And that, to me, is, I don't want to say it makes it easier, but I, I'd, I'd be more upset. I, I think now I'm just more angry about the way that everything went down because this was completely avoidable. Hell, if you show up for that game in Miami, none of this is an issue. And it's just... Yeah, I mean, play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I mean, that Miami game, just a a total fucking season ruiner right there. I I don't really know even what else to say about this. I guess we should mention that there has been a report that came out saying Louisville will decline the invitation to the NIT. Um, And I, I haven't really gotten any sort of clarity about whether or not that's because they're the first replacement or because they just don't want to play in the NIT. I don't know if you can do both. I think it's it's weird that the NIT is still starting at its usual time. It, it, again, my understanding is that it starts on Tuesday. If you want to have these replacement teams hold out and not participate, I don't know why you wouldn't just start the NIT um, either during the tournament over the weekend or next week after the first two rounds have ended. But uh, not going to be an NIT game this year for Louisville. If there isn't a withdrawal, which, again, we're not rooting for, absolutely not rooting for a team to withdraw because of COVID reasons. But if it does happen... Louisville will play, take their place. If it does not happen, Louisville season's over with a 13 and seven record. And so yeah. let me let me ask you this: are, Do you think are we going to practice the next couple days? Like those are going to be some awkward practices, like pretty, I would imagine, non-motivating practices to try to stay sharp just in case there is a COVID case. That's a great question. I mean, I yeah, they've got to go through practices, but how, you know geeked up are you going to be how excited are you going to be how it's a it's been a this whole season this whole off season has been a extreme test of maturity and this is just the latest but yeah you'd hate to be kind of going through the motions for three days and then all of a sudden it's like hey you're going to play Winthrop on Thursday on Friday go ahead and be ready for that it's yeah you're right how do we find ourselves here like how is this real life how is this the world that we're living in right now where this is what we have to discuss but it is my my I'm literally Owen Wilson's character from Wedding Crashers the next week when he's like depressed. And he's sitting on the couch. His voicemail hits. It's like, this is John. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. I mean, ah, it is what it is. It just. It, I mean, I knew we were in trouble. <laughs> like we can we don't have to get too into the game, but. The, the the Duke game, I was like, is that Josh Nickelberry's fifth shot of the first half? Like, just want to make sure the season's on the line here. Like, I don't really understand the game plan. Um, it just got away from us so quick. And I know we battled back, but God, coming out of halftime, that, that was just so disappointing. And I, I'm going to go off for a second. Go for the, it. the thing about 
the talent is what it is. I mean, I know we have a cloud hanging over our head for talent, and I get that. And it's we're not going to pull in. I mean, if we did, it would be awesome. It's harder to pull in five stars, you know, can't miss prospects with what we have hanging over our head. And I think Chris Job or Chris Mack's done a pretty good job of recruiting um, talent. The one thing that is missing for me is I thought when he came over from Xavier, he was going to bring a toughness that he talked about to this program. And for three years, we have been the team that's gotten bitched around. It seems like every single game or every single big game, at least. And there's been no toughness in this program. And it's, it's really sad to see. So if, if he were to go down for anything, um, I would say it's the false promise that he's quote unquote going to bring toughness to this program. Cause it's been the exact opposite. Yeah, either start living up to this tough together unbreakable mantra or scrap it because yeah, I'm sick of hearing about the toughness thing. Like that. Uh, was, me too. Yeah, for the first like, two years, it was a thinly veiled way for Chris Mack to say, you know, these aren't really my guys. We're going to have a different brand here, a different style. You know, these guys aren't tough. They may be really talented, but they're from a bygone era. And three years from now, we're going to be big and brawny and tough, and you're not going to intimidate us. And you fast forward, and here we are in year three, and it's kind of the same shit. Like this team yep. is not tough enough to earn an NCAA tournament bid, and they didn't get it done with the guy who was runner-up for conference player of the year, a guy who's probably going to be a first-round draft pick, even though his stock has been sliding in recent weeks, and a McDonald's All-American who finally came into his own a little bit. You had those three guys. That's the nucleus of a team that not doesn't necessarily compete for a trip to the second weekend or an ACC title but it sure as hell should get you into the NCAA tournament. And that didn't happen. And that's, you know, it's something that he's going to be, I think, rightfully judged for. I know this wasn't a perfect season. I know nothing is about this was entirely fair, but you still had, you still had enough to get this done and it didn't happen. It, it reminds me of two weeks ago on the pod where we, again, we talked about this, the prospects of this very thing happening. And we just said like a million times, like, just make the tournament. Like, like, yep. It's not the standard. Our standards aren't where they should be right now. This isn't going to be the standard forever. Louisville fans have been, I think, patient and aware enough of the hand you were dealt to give you a little bit of leeway. But you needed to make the tournament this year. It didn't yeah. happen. And for well, that, like, you're going to be properly criticized. Yeah, fair or not. Now everything you do is going to be under the microscope. After that Duke game, I mean, his press conference... I was furious I, because now I'm judging everything he does. The fact that he's like, oh, well, Duke switched every single ball screen and we didn't adjust. You're the head coach. Make an adjustment. Like, you know, I, I just everything that he's done, it seems like the past couple weeks is now starting to irk me. Um, and, and now, it, like I said, it, 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 he's going to be under the microscope for every, you know, coaching decision, every off the court decision that he makes. And, you know, he put himself in that situation by missing the tournament this year. Fair or not. So um, I, I just, you know, this isn't Xavier. So I, I hope he's ready for the heat. Yeah, it's going to happen. And I think that it's it's certainly fair to an extent. And it's just we're headed to a weird place. And I've seen this so much for the past week, more so than during football season, more so than, you know, last year during the, the heart of the pandemic when there were no sports being played. But just people saying I don't care as much as I used to about Louisville sports, not just Louisville basketball, but just saying I don't feel as attached to Louisville sports as I, I did five, six years ago, two years ago, three years ago. And we're in kind of a dangerous place right now where 
you've got an entire generation. You, you sort of forget about the, the excuse me, the, the kids who are growing up in their formative years who have gone like six years now where Louisville basketball hasn't been quote unquote normal. And your kids right now already aren't as into sports as our generation was or the generation above us was. And I think you run the risk now of like growing up with a group of Cardinal fans that just don't care all that much or, or don't care as much as we did when we were teenagers in the early 20s and, and maybe even now. It's like something – we need a spark. With yeah, the- you got to shake it up somehow. I don't know what they need. You're exactly right. Like something's got to be done, and I don't know what it is, but they need a splash somewhere. I mean, and you know what? Like maybe it's the women's basketball team going on a big run here later this month and winning a national title. I think that yeah. would be something that would remind you know U of L fans of the good times and how happy we all were and and why we live and die with all this shit. Um, you know, just just something that reminds us of the place where we were eight years ago. And it just we've it, been through a lot, man. I mean, this has been sure. the most trying, like you said, six year run that. I mean, I feel like a college fan base could could possibly go through, and this is just another layer of it. So there there will be a time where the sun shines again, and I I, I don't know when that's going to be, but I mean, there's no doubt it's it's dark right now. Like I was writing the quick little we missed the tournament write up for Card Chronicle, and I ended it, and I said I almost said, you know, little fans have been have had a number of pills that have been bitter to swallow over the years. This may be the most bitter. And then I thought about it and I was like, no, it's not it's not even close. I was like, yeah, this most recent. We've had so much just terrible shit to deal with as sports fans really since the fall of 2015. And this is just kind of the latest dose. But I mean, it, it sucks. I don't think in any area of the country embraces this time of the year more than we do. I, I mean, it's the, the three of the best weeks of the calendar year. People plan their vacations, their lives around all this stuff. And it's one thing to get knocked out early. It's another not to just have those days between when the bracket's unveiled and when the action starts and your team plays to be excited, you know, to talk about the matchup, to fill out a bracket, to see Louisville's name advancing. It's just like, it's, it's what we live for in these parts as sports fans and to not even have that opportunity to not even have these few days to dream. It, uh, it sucks. It doesn't matter with the pandemic. doesn't matter that the season was disappointing. It still hurts. It still sucks. And it's the place we are right now. Um, yeah. Do you have any parting thoughts here before we, we wrap this thing up? No, man. I mean, I, you know, I'm in a dark place, obviously. I, I still love <laughs> my cards. I, I, I hate it for the kids. Um, but, you know, it, unfortunately, the way they played you know, down the stretch, it's kind of you reap what you sow. So, like you said, it's time. We we need to just we need a spark. We need a spark for the program. We got to unify the fan base somehow. I feel like we're we're kind of split right now, which is understandable. Um, but we got some decisions coming up from some players, and you know, hopefully, we we can build some sort of momentum going into next season. Before we get out of here, reminding you guys, podcast brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com. Drown your sorrows by buying a bunch of cool T-shirts maybe a bunch of cool hoodies. If you do that with your first purchase, you can use the promo code card. That's going to save 20% home field apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Go there, support them. Uh, again, drown your sorrows by spending a little bit of money on cool clothes. Not sure when we're going to be back. I'm sure we'll have uh, more thoughts on, on what's going on, maybe some future developments. Uh, but until we talk to you guys again, definitely, definitely, definitely don't go COVID. Don't go COVID. Yeah, don't go COVID.